0: Welcome to the Black Agenda podcast. I'm your co-host, Devin Dito, along with my co-host, Adrian Guest. And we are back again uh, for our regularly scheduled episode. And this time it's a little bit different. Uh, we decided to kind of sneak in an economic update. We haven't done one of these in a while. Um, so every now and then we do like to kind of give you, you know, kind of some, some little tidbits about what's happening in the economy as we try to recover, uh, you know, from the the pandemic Everything and things are opening up, so this one's a little bit different. And so, Adrian, you know, last summer when we did this update, things were not looking great necessarily, um, but things are better. A a difference what a difference a year makes. And so, um, just for our listeners, you know, last month for the month of June, we just got this report, I think, on July 2nd, so it just came out hot off the press here. But to start it off here, just the biggest number that everybody was kind of wondering about was how many jobs were created last month. And that number is 850,000 jobs that were created last month. And so that beat estimates that were projecting somewhere around 706,000, but it actually beat that uh, by a quite a bit margin. And the unemployment rate did tick up to 5.9, 4, 5.9%. So um, pretty good get you know pretty good gains there to let you know things are getting better um also here just to give you some other things here as far as us trying to recover from the the pandemic losses uh we've gained back 15.6 million jobs we lost 22.3 last year so we're about seven a little bit over seven million jobs left to get back to where we were before the pandemic. And this is for the entire country. So again, we lost, we've gained back 15.6 million jobs in total since uh, 22.3 million people were laid off last year as a result of the virus. And so right now, uh, if you're one of those people who were teleworking or working from home, you may not be doing that anymore, um, or at least not every day. Um, Right now, it looks like the percentage of people who are working from home is down to about 14, uh, 14.4%. That's down a couple percentage points from May and is down from a peak of 35% in May of 2020. Again, a difference a year makes. And also, Adrian, just you know, to really, really dig into it, if we're going to break this down, we always try to make sure we put out, put out some stats here about our community. I mean, so if you're looking at just Black workers right now, the unemployment rate for Black workers is up slightly to 9.2%, which is... Uh, 0.1 percentage higher than it was in May. And right now, um, the overall unemployment rate, like I said, is at 5.9%. So, you know, again, Adrian, it's like, you know, things are better, uh, but we have a very long way to go. Again, we still have about 7 million jobs to gain to get back to where we were in February of last year. But it, it is at least nice to see that things are getting better, things are opening up. So that's at least it just feels like things are more optimistic than they were last year.
1: I completely agree with you, Devin. Um, I think um, Biden spoke about this when he was, you know, candidate at Biden. And he said that the only way our economy is ever going to come back is if we actually handle the pandemic and beat the virus. Um, because then we'll actually see, you know, like we're seeing now, jobs are getting added to the uh, uh, to the field. Um, we're able to see that people are starting to you know, feel you know, better about what's going on in the economy because more people are getting vaccinated. Travel's going up. Um, people are starting to go out to dinner, go into the movies, and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely a difference a year makes. Difference you know, in, in, in an administration and where we're actually kind of tackling this pandemic. Um, I'm interested to see how you know the Delta variant and a couple of other factors contribute to jobs numbers for this month and August, September, as we get into the winter months, um, because we know that that's when you know viruses tend to spread more because we're a little bit more close knit. So it'll definitely be interesting, Devin, to kind of see um, how this, you know, continues to advance. Um, and then for those people who are unemployed, um, you know, one of the things that I was looking into, Devin, you know, the, in, in looking preparation for this segment, which is looking at different industries and job fields that are actually thriving right now, because um, there's a lot of people who are trying to figure out, you know, in this new virtual world, this new COVID, you know, positive environment know what they can do what what's their next step or whatever and I really think you know and kind of going back to what a lot of our HBCU presidents said you know we really have to start thinking about the jobs of the future I mean when you're looking at you know the industry now Devin I mean medicine tech and finance I mean those were you know the three biggest industries that grew over 2021 it seems or 2020 and going into 2021 and I know that those are going to continue to grow I think we maybe even uh, talked about you know a couple of different conversations on like you know becoming a software developer. I mean that's one of the hottest things I see in the market right now in Devon. And I think that what people who who are trying to find employment, especially with the way things are going now, um, it's not going to be the same old same old where you just hop on Indeed or hop on Monster to put up your resume and you find a job. Um, you may have to do a little bit of digging. You may have to go. Uh, polish up on some skills. You may need to even go get a certificate in something. Um, but I think, David, it's definitely it's a, just a different job feel right now.
0: No, it, it definitely is. It's, it's a different feeling to it. You know, a lot of folks, you know, I think we may have discussed it on a weekly roundup last season. But, you know, there was a lot of talk of there being this worker shortage, that the unemployment benefits were keeping people at home. Um, That seems to have receded a little bit. Um, You see some of the states are ending those um, enhanced unemployment benefits. And so that's, you know, we're interested to see if that's going to push more people out there, if the labor participation rate, you know, goes up. But one thing I I think that's interesting, too, you know, like you were saying, you got to look out for those jobs of the future. Um, One thing that has not really changed is the fact that there continues to be a gap between the black unemployment rate and the white unemployment rate, and, and the other groups, when you look at them, because even right now between uh, blacks and whites, you see about a four percentage difference in as far as the unemployment rate, with with white people having a lower unemployment rate than black people. And we've talked about it on this show. When we look at things, there tends to be this kind of um, gap between you know whether it's unemployment, income, wealth. You know, housing—we see it all the time. There's a a gap usually, and that gap has persisted throughout the pandemic. So that's one thing that really hasn't changed, um, which is 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 that there is continues to be this nagging gap that we can't get rid of. Um, But I will say, at least before the pandemic in August 2019, the the unemployment gap, the unemployment rate gap between blacks and whites was 1.8 percent, so less than two points. So it's grown. And now we're trying to get it back down, um, you know, during the pandemic. But you know, like you say, this is an opportunity there. I think even in April, there was a record number of job openings so that the jobs are there for the folks, you know, when they do get ready to go back out into the workforce, they're there. You have options, which is, you know, something you couldn't say even two or three years ago. Um, so things have definitely changed. There's a different feel. Workers feel as though, you know what, I can really be strategic and decisive in, in what I'm going to do. Um, or if you're in your current job, maybe you're looking at, like you say, maybe get a certification. So it's, it's a, it's a more optimistic feel I feel like at least for the economy right now um, because you know, it's kind of wide open as far as what you want to do, what you want to make of it. So at least that's my take on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think you're right, Devin. Cause I mean, I've, I think we, we talked about it in a couple of weekly roundups and I've, you know told a couple people about it um but you know there's there's cities and states that'll pay you to like move to work from you know work remotely from there um there's a lot of jobs you know when you hop online you know they don't care where you live nowadays as long as you can connect to the internet that's all that matters um so yeah that i really think that with the way the job field is now it, it, it it's made it towards like you said it's way more open it's it's you know it's like you know Globalization for the job market, almost to where you can really, as long as that, you know, as long as <laughs> that company doesn't mind you working remotely. I mean, heck, you can work for a company out of China if you want to. I mean, it doesn't, That's it doesn't matter. So it's great point. It just, yeah, I know it really opens up the door to uh, to what's going on, uh, and I think that in reality, it's it's almost kind of giving us the opportunity. Uh, I always say it's it's kind of the millennial approach to the job market, but it gives you the opportunity to find what you actually enjoy that actually will make money for you. Um, You have to just take a job that's in your community at the gas station or the grocery store because you don't have a college degree. You can actually get out there and find some different things. And because we are in this new virtual world, you don't even have to live there. You can work from your desktop now. So yeah, Devin, I really think that um, the job market is gonna continue to change. uh, And it's really neat to uh, kind of see what's happening between races. Um, because you know again, America, we, we often say that it's not a racist country, but um, in everything that we talk about, race has a factor in it, and you can see whether it be you know, blacks, Latinos, Asians, you know, women, gay, whatever the case may be. when you look at that compared to white Americans, um, there's always a divide there. And it's not to play the victim, but it's just to tell people that we need government to change the system, a better environment that's equitable for everybody. And then just let everybody play ball. You know, at that point, when you have a, the system set it up properly, it's on the people if they don't, you know, so it's not on you, the government, but right now you can definitely say the government has a part in all of this uh, disparity that we're seeing, you know, even in the job market here.
0: No, you're you're exactly right. And uh, one of the, th- the ways that we can tell that things are different in this particular economy, in this job market is just the number of openings that we had in April, which was well over um, 9 million. And then also we saw a record number of people quit their jobs. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss how we ended up with a record number of job openings at 9.3 million in April, but also we saw 4 million people quit their job. And there's a reason And it's called The Great Resignation. And that's what we're going to discuss after the break. So stick with us and we'll be right back.
1: Thank you for listening to the Black Agenda podcast. We appreciate your support and we ask that you like, share and follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show. All right, listeners, let's get back into it here. We're going to get into our segment where we're going to be talking about um, what organizational psychologist Dr. Anthony Kloetz, um calls the great resignation. So basically what this theory, uh, or rather this kind of viewpoint from the psychologist listeners is talking about, you know, the fact that workers are beginning to quit jobs in the highest rates since the Bureau of Labor Statistics began collecting data in 2000. The most recent available data shows that Looks like there were about 9.3 million jobs opening in April, but there were about 4 million people that quit their jobs in April as well. So it's really just trying to, you know, as we're getting into this whole conversation about, you know, workers having more opportunity to work uh, and they have an opportunity to figure out what they want to do. It's interesting to kind of see these sorts of numbers. Um, You you got the fact that workers uh, most likely quit. Uh, They live in the South, Midwest and the Western regions. Um, Looks like some of the largest exits are happening in the retail industry, professional and business services, transportation, warehousing and utilities, Um, especially when you think about the way 2020 and 2021 was for a lot of those industries. I mean, think about retail. I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, working in retail uh, or, or some of the other services like transportation. If you're a bus driver or something like that and you have to worry about, you know, COVID or whatever. According to a survey from Microsoft, 41% of workers worldwide intend to quit their jobs and find work elsewhere within the next year. The rise of remote work is partially why workers are starting to look for new employment. Um, Listeners, I can speak to this well because I actually, um, as of, I guess, Friday, I actually resigned from my position. Um, I had been there for five years, um, working pretty decent income, solid benefits, even had a pension. But to me, it was more, uh, you know, realizing, am I happy doing this? Do I enjoy this? Do I have uh, longevity in doing this? And I really think that whenever you look at, you know, the pandemic, Devin, that was kind of a wake-up call for me and a wake-up call for probably a lot of Americans because we can see, you know, 4 million people quit their jobs. And it comes down to the fact that, you know, some people probably weren't ready to go back to work yet just because they were still, you know, worried about the pandemic, and I guarantee you, a lot of people who are working remotely, Devin, enjoy the, the the scheduling. I mean, I definitely took advantage of it because sometimes I would have a meeting, and I'd have three-hour breaks, and I would go drive to my favorite barbecue joint, pick up lunch, come back, or I'd run to the doctor and pick up my prescription. Whatever the case, I needed to do, I could now start to incorporate. You know, uh, have rather I could start to have a better work-life balance because I'm working from home and I can fluctuate around my schedule with work. So. Devin, I think this—the uh, great resignation—that's going to be something that um, you know we could we could talk a little bit about because I think that those numbers are going to continue to go up. That four million is definitely going to grow.
0: You're exactly right. I think people, including ourselves, you know, we got a a taste of having for for the first time ever control, you know, really over your daily schedule. You know, no longer where you confined to an eight to five or a nine to five. You have to be here by this time. Take your lunch at this time. Get off at this time. Now it was up to you to structure what works best for you. Like you say, you had a meeting, you got a break, you went out and got lunch. Uh, I know you know some people went out and ran errands when they had lunch or just a little break to take care of little things around the house. And that's how I used it. You know, it was It was like, okay, cool. I can you know, I can get my work done here, power through for a couple of hours, take a little break, go run out and do this, come back. But as long as the work gets done, you're there for the meetings, no one batted, you know, it didn't matter. The work was still getting done and getting done with good quality. It wasn't like the work was shoddy. And so it's really kind of flipped it upside down where people understand, like, you know what? I really don't have to go into the office every day, eight hours a day, just to prove I'm quote unquote working. I think that whole paradigm is, has shifted a little bit, not completely to complete, you know, everybody's at home all the time, but at least now it's going to, you're going to be hard pressed as a company to just say, you know, blanket statement. We want everybody in the office every single day or, you know, Monday through Friday, eight hours, no excuses. That world, I, I, in my opinion, that world does not work anymore. People understand they don't have to do that to get the work done, there needs to be a work-life balance. And, and people, look, I mean, frankly, they would burn out. You know, if 4 million people quit their jobs. There, there's something going on there where people were like, I'm done with this. I don't have to do this. I need to enjoy what I do. I need the flexibility. Well, I like the autonomy of being at home and deciding my schedule and getting my work done at the same time. So, you know, I, I, I think it's a, a moment that doesn't come very often. You know, there's, there's not often you get an, an opportunity like this where you can essentially do, you know, you resign and you can transition careers. A lot of people got a lot of stimulus payments, the enhanced unemployment benefits. They may have a bigger cushion in their bank accounts now so they can take some time off to say, I'm going to go find something that I enjoy and make that my full time job instead of, you know, staying in a retail job. Going and you know I don't blame them. You know if you if you were working in you know the mall before the pandemic and it closed, it's tough to go back and and can continue making ten to twelve dollars an hour with no benefits. And you know it's just it's a different world now. And I think companies, some companies are recognizing it and they're trying to adapt. They're, you know they're trying to be flexible and say, hey, we'll let you do two two days, three days a week. I think even Apple is going through something like this with their employees. Um, you know, I think Amazon has had to shift. You've seen a lot of companies say at first we're all we're going to go back to the office, and then they've had to kind of change their tone a little bit to now say, well, we'll, we'll let you do a, a kind of a hybrid situation. But I think Adrian, that's where we're probably going to end up, which is a sort of hybrid thing where you do get a few days at home, but you also do get, you know, you have to come in the office a few days a week. Also, I think that's a nice happy medium. And I also think, too, it just comes down to your industry, obviously. You know, if you're in retail, in a store, it's a little bit harder (laughs) to be trying to work from home. But if you're, you know, if (laughs) you're doing what you're doing as far as, you know, virtual appointments and and, um, insurance, then it's a little easier to say, yeah, we'll let you continue to work from home.
1: Yeah, it really is, Devin. I I was definitely um, privileged in in the sense that I had a job that was easy to transition virtually. In fact, before the pandemic, some of our districts wanted a more virtual apparatus anyway. Um, and I mean, one of the only little facts, or rather statistics, that Prudential put out from their survey: thirty-three um, percent of people won't even consider working for a company that requires them to be at the office full time. And that's a, you know a third of you know people that were surveyed said this, and that's kind of the trend. I mean, it's people you know mm-hmm. workers understand that, like you said, Devin, I don't have to go in the office eight hours a day in work, you know, from eight to five, just to get things done, I can be productive, but I can also, you know, have some relaxation. Um, And I I definitely think on the flip side, companies are also noticing that, you know, they can, you know, adopt sorts of, you know, relaxed schedules, and that's going to save money, because obviously, you're not having to pay people because they're not working as long. Uh, And then the other thing is the fact that, I think a lot of companies have figured out how they can be lean and cut back on workers to do less by having them work remotely. So I think, like I said, Devin, our job market is is really uh, going to change. I mean, it has changed a lot. It's going to continue to change. Um, I, I can only imagine, you know, in the next, you know, two, three, four years, what things are going to look like, especially when you take into consideration the pandemic um, and you take into consideration that, I mean... Uh, everything is, is going digital. I mean, that's that's the biggest boom. Everything is, you know, if you're not a, a company that doesn't have, you know, social media presence, don't have a website, don't have that kind of stuff, um, you're behind the curve. So everything is going digital. And I think that employers and workers are realizing that we're in a digital environment and we don't have to be face-to-face all the time um, to to really work in this environment. And I mean, I would definitely mm-hmm. say, Devin, to anybody that's listening, especially when when thinking about this, um, I mean, it, it was definitely a tough decision for me to resign because, you know, obviously uh, I liked having benefits. I had, I even had a company car So or I something. It was, it was a huge, you know, uh, consideration for me just to say, Hey, I'm going to just step away from this job. Cause I'm not happy here, but you know, the only thing I can say, especially after looking at 2020 and looking at, you know, the you know over you know half a million that we lost to the the pandemic and stuff i mean it's it's a short life you never know when it's going to end and we might as well uh you know make some money but also do something that makes us happy while we're making that money so i definitely don't fault anyone Devin, for um you know being a part of those 4 million that you know that started the great uh resignation um because i think that we're really in a point now where everybody's like you know if i'm not happy doing it there's no point because I can go hop into another job. And fortunately, I will say, uh, well, I guess maybe not fortunately, but I will say with the with the government assistance, I definitely see where that kind of contribute to some people being able to have more leeway, which isn't to say that they shouldn't you know take advantage of that because I think that uh, if we are going to have a robust economy and a, and a thriving workforce, people have to be in the right places. You don't need to have people who are just in dead end jobs, not fulfilling themselves because they're not going to be as productive for that company. So I definitely think that that's going to be something, Devin. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the the future of work for us, whether it be remote or in office, um, I definitely think there's going to have to be employers who have a hybrid model. um, Because I think that, you know, you think about millennials and then the generations that come after us they care a lot more about, you know, uh, benefits and work-life balance and things like that. So I can only imagine that with each new generation, they're going to demand more and more from their employers and say, hey, um, you you got to meet us where we are.
0: They're going to have to meet, meet the employees where they are or the workers that they're going after, you know, have some flexibility in there. I think what's interesting is something you said, too, is that, you know, people know what's best for them, which is, you know, it seems obvious, but people understand what they like, what they want And this pandemic. And yes, the, you know, the, the enhanced unemployment benefits and the stimulus checks gave a lot of people the opportunity to sit back and really think about the things that were going on in their life and the jobs that they had and what they really wanted. And they're sitting back and they're being strategic about it. And I think, some of the politicians who are like oh it's it's enhanced you know the benefits of keeping people at home they don't want to work no it's not that they don't want to necessarily work but they're being strategic about the work that they want to do i think that's what's irking a lot of people because it used to be you didn't get that privilege because you needed a job so you just took whatever was available because you needed to pay rent and bills and you couldn't go without a job and unemployment benefits weren't worth, you know, they weren't going to pay your bills if you were sitting at home. So you had to do it. And so that's how you kind of forced people out there to take any job because they just needed it. But now they have a little bit of a cushion and there are more jobs available now than there were before the pandemic. So it's like, um, at least at one time. So people are sitting back and like, well, let me, let me really think about this. What is it that I want to do? And they're figuring out what works. And it's, it's funny just because people are taking back kind of their autonomy, their, their power. They say, look, I know what's best for me and I'm going to find that. And I'm just not going to take anything. Um, like, you know, the ones at the top want us to. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, kudos to you for, for taking that step and, you know, we're not here to push anybody to go quit your job tomorrow. There's, you know, you want to make sure that financially you're in a position to do that, but, um, I think you know it would be remiss of or us or not you at to least, least have a,
1: <laughs> or you at least have somebody that I was—I was, I was going to say, or you at least have somebody that'll let you move in with them. <laughs> and that
0: too, you got a support system around you.
1: <laughs> That's right, listeners. If you're we blessed yeah, yeah. and unfortunate like me, yeah, it, that, definitely not advocating anyone to quit because you can't no. call the black agenda and ask us <laughs> to send you any money to pay your bills. We need you to send us money. But um, no, it not work like that. <laughs> we definitely, I will definitely say, I'll advocate anyone for at least starting that conversation mentally. Um, to say, hey, if this is what you want great if it's not you need to consider something different because you make money in a bunch of other ways. You know, we've even talked about it. If you want move to California, become an escort and then figure out what you want to do. Um but there's plenty of ways for you to make money and find your passion without having to be in a deadbeat job. But yeah you <laughs> no
0: you're hey I, I'm I'm right along with you. You know you got to make sure obviously like you say we're not saying go go you know go out in a blaze of glory tomorrow at work, but you know Think about it. Think about what it is that you do and if that's really what you want to do. And look, you may not find the perfect job afterwards, but you may be at least closer than what you were before the pandemic. And that's really all that matters. As long as you get closer to what you're trying to do, then it was, you know, it was worth it. You may not get this opportunity ever again. So. Um, just a message. I just, <laughs> I, just I just
1: hope that, but I was going to say before we end this segment, I just hope whenever we were, uh, whenever people listen to this throughout the weeks or so that we'll get like somebody that'll, uh, reach out to us and be like, Hey, I was inspired and quit my job based off what John said. <laughs> just, I'm just, I- I'm looking forward to that happening.
0: Like, <laughs> oh If you're listening and you successfully <laughs> quit your job and transition to something else, please let us know. We love the testimonials. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, you you'll, you'll be, you might be the first testimonial. You're kind of trying it out right now. So we'll, we'll make sure am. to keep it's the listeners up
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But hey, we'll go ahead and wrap up this uh, segment here so we can do our ending. Uh, listeners, it's been fun talking to you. Uh, stick with us for one more break so we can wrap up our episode. So enjoy your break. We'll be right back
0: you have been listening to the black agenda podcast hosted by adrian Guess and Devin dito if you enjoy listening to the show let the host know by leaving a review on apple podcast or by visiting patron.podbean.com forward slash black agenda pod and give a few dollars after all the black agenda podcast is supported by listeners like you let's get back to the show Right, welcome back, listeners. So as always, we like to give you a look forward as to what is upcoming on the podcast. So um, today is our regular episode on Tuesday, but this upcoming Saturday, we'll be back again with more news from the this week. And that'll be our weekly roundup number four. And that'll be streaming this weekend for your enjoyment. So it comes out Saturday, usually around noontime. We try to get it out. I mean, that's noontime central time, just so you know. Um, on Saturday, July the 10th, weekly roundup number four. So if you're getting ready for brunch on Saturday or church on Sunday, check us out. We'll be back bringing you all the news. And then, of course, we'll be back again the following Tuesday, July 13th, dropping another uh, regular episode. So stick around, monitor our social media to see exactly what the topic is going to be for that one. And and again, we always like to tell you, um, you can help us out. We love that you listen to us and support us by downloading and listening to the podcast, but there are some other ways that you can help us out. And Agent's going to let you know how you can do that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So we were just talking about money listeners and we would love to take your money. Um, and I say that joking, but yeah, for real, we would love to accept your money because this venture that Deb and I are going on is not free. Uh, all this venture that we're going we want to expand it. We don't want to only bring you podcasts, episodes, news. We really want to have some sort of organization where we can lobby leaders, petition for change, and actually get some of these things that came out uh, happening in our communities. And that takes money to get those things done. So, all you got to do, listeners, go to the site, bikeagentapod.com, click that donate tab, and start donating. Charge with a dollar a month, two, three, four, whatever you want to give. We're not picky but we would love to have your uh, monetary support as well as all the other support you do for us. In addition to that, remember, listeners, we do our charity of the month. we like to make sure that we highlight different organizations that you might want to go check out. And this month, the month of July, we're going to be highlighting color of change, color of change is the nation's largest online racial justice organization. They help people respond effectively to injustice and the world around them. National online force driven by 7 million members. They move decision-makers and corporations, government, to create a more humane and less hostile work for Black people in America. So, yeah, really, really great organization, really powerful message. Give to us. Go to their website. We can give to them, and we'll make the world go round.
0: I like it. Make the world go round. That's how we do it. So before we get out of here, again, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Black Agenda Pod is our handle. So make sure you pull your phone out right now. Uh, or if you're listening on your phone, open your screen, go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, type in at Black Agenda Pod. Follow us on on the social media pages. Um, that way you can stay on top of what's coming up on the show and also, you know, interact with us. We usually put up some great things so you can kind of interact with us, give us your opinions. Also, again, you can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, just search the Black Agenda podcast and you'll find us. Uh, we did just put an episode out uh, regarding critical race theory. It's a very, very good episode featuring Janelle George from Georgetown University. Um, she's on. She was on the show to explain to us exactly what critical race theory is. So, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Black Agenda Pod. Follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Um, we really, really appreciate that support. And so, again, we thank you for, for staying with us and listening through our economic update. And we'll be back on Saturday, July 10th for weekly roundup number four. So until then, me and Adrian will catch you next time.